Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. We're going to be diving into the, um, James chapter 5, 7 through 12. We're going to read the scripture and then we're going to chat. Amen? Amen. So, verse 7 goes, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us, oh God, to see the light of day today. We thank you, oh God, because we know that you hold all things in your hands. And we thank you, Lord, because we're able to sit here, oh God, freely and listen to your word, oh God. Father, I just ask you, oh God, that our hearts may be open to what you're trying to say, oh God. Lord, that whatever comes out of my mouth, oh God, may be only the words that you have placed there, oh Lord. And Father, I thank you for, I thank you for seasons, oh God. I thank you that the summer is only three months. Woo! In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. We have something to look forward to, right? The fall. Amen, guys. So, I've come to the conclusion that there's one species on this whole entire beautiful planet of ours that are not the definition of patience. Just one species. Just one. And that species are New Yorkers. Trisha Trish Alaska, she's from Florida, and everybody down there is very nice and relaxed, right? That's the one species I know for sure. We are not patient whatsoever, by no means. So as I was thinking about it, so let's be honest here. How many of us love to go to Manhattan? Really? Oh. Exactly. We love our city. We love everything about it, the lights, the Broadway, the food, right? We love everything about it. There's one thing that really tweaks us in the wrong way in the city, and that is tourists. The worst thing you can do as a, as a New Yorker is be running for a train that you're already late for, running for a train that you're late for, all of a sudden all you see is this.
not on the side of the sidewalk, not next to a doorway, but right smack in the middle of the sidewalk. Right when you're plowing through, trying to make it to whatever it is that you got to go to. And you stand there and you're like this. I don't know about you guys, but me, I'm like, why? Why do we do that? Why can't we stand to, listen, I get it. We love tourists. They're part of our economy. They help us out. They come here, they marvel at the things that we have, right? You know, who else in the world has 110-story buildings? Who else, like, you know, we do. We do, and I get it. If you've never seen anything like that, if you come from a place where everything is flat, you come here and you see all these skyscrapers and you're like, yes. And you want to take pictures. I get it. I get it. I get it. But in the middle of your own rat race, in the middle of you trying to get somewhere, them stopping dead in the middle, you get frustrated. I get frustrated. This is why I do not go to the city. I don't go. If I leave this borough, even when I lived in Brooklyn, even if I leave Brooklyn, it was really once a year, literally, to go get something and come back. But I was not walking through the city because I have no patience. No patience. No patience for people stopping in the middle of anything. Our patience is very thin when we try to get somewhere and we can't get there quick enough. How about this? How many of us love technology? Right. Until that two-minute video that you want to download takes about 10 minutes. Right? My husband, my husband goes to the extreme. He'll start downloading something, it'll say two minutes, it'll say 140, it'll, say, it'll jump back up to 150, then it jumps back down to 136, then it jumps back down to this, then it comes down to this, downloading, 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 we still have a minute, and he's like, my phone's not working. My phone doesn't work. It's not working properly. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, it's two minutes. What's two minutes? And he's like, nope, nope, it's not working properly. It's not working properly. We have no patience. In a world where we live where everything is instant, where everything is right there. How many of us remember the internet when you used to have to plug it out of your phone and plug it into your computer and then wait for the little AOL guy to run across? And we used to stand there and wait. We had no, we had no problems waiting. Now we can go to a computer and, click a, and cl double click something and if that doesn't open fast enough, we're like this. Huh. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. Like what if, Immediately, we're like, the computer's not working. I call Ruben. Ruben, I, Ru Ruben, this is not working. And he's like, May. And I'm like, no, no. This this, I should be able to click into this and open it up and see the whole world at the palm of my hands. So I said, let me, let me look at what patience actually means. And, and it's the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. I don't know about you guys, but I am not any of those. Every time something goes wrong, the first thing we yell out, Lord, give me patience. When it's dealing with our kids, when it's dealing with a situation, we're like, Lord, give me the patience to go through this. And it's funny because most of the time, those things that we're enduring are only for a moment. Only for a moment. It seems like an eternity to us, but they're only for a moment. 
And James says this in verse 7. He says, brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. And then he goes, consider the farmers who patiently wait for rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. Everything happens in due season. The farmers plant their seeds, and I Googled. How many of us thank God for Google? That it comes back in a tenth of a second, right? Amen. And I Googled. I said, all right, Lord, farmers. Yeah, we know they wait for their crops, but how long do they really wait, right? And I was reading that some vegetables and some fruits might take a month, might take 60 to 90 days, might wait until the following year to harvest. I said, and James is telling us here, be like them. You may not see what's going on underneath, but know that it is coming. And here he's talking about the Lord's return. And he's, he's saying, hey, we may be enduring what we're enduring right now, where we feel like we can run out of patience, where we feel like we cannot deal with what we're dealing with. But he's saying, but look, 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 please know that you may not see it, but the Lord is preparing his way to return. And in that, well, that is our hope in Jesus, right? Our hope is that one day, all these things that we endure here on earth will cease to exist because Jesus is coming back. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. We may not see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we wait. Because we know that his word, his promises are yes and amen. No matter what. No matter what it is that we're going through. No matter what it is that we don't see. See, the time that James wrote this, he was writing writing to the 12 tribes of of Israel where they were scattered and they were being persecuted. So can you imagine from that very time, from 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 the death and resurrection of Christ, he was telling them, wait patiently on the Lord because he's coming. From that very time while they were under persecution, while this was the brand new, right, spanking new, that nobody knew anything, everybody just had what, 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 what was being said to them, and they held on to the hope of knowing that they had, they had heard of Jesus, they knew that he, had de- that he had died, they knew that he had resurrected, and they knew that he was coming back because that's what his promise was to them. And if that promise still stands today. It's still to us as well. Galatians 6, 9 says this, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can you imagine if the farmers, after a month or so, decided they were going to pull up everything they planted because they didn't see the fruit of it? Can you imagine? First of all, we'd be left with no food, right? But can you imagine what that would look like? All because they didn't have the patience to wait and see. All because they just didn't wait until, until what was it supposed to be due in the due season was to come to pass. The patient, this, this is patience, willing to hold on, willing to suffer, knowing that the glory lies ahead. We find ourselves, when we will find ourselves face to face with Jesus, our Savior. In verse 8, James says this, you too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. And it reminded me of something that Jesus said. In John 16, 31 through 33, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this to them. Jesus asked, 
Do you finally believe? For the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I will not, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Doesn't that sound like what James says? He says, take courage. Take courage. And Jesus said, take heart because know that things are going to happen here. But please also know that I am with you and I will be with you to the end of time and I will stand there with you and I will walk with you. But just be patient because the truth of the matter is that even in this analogy where he's using about the harvest, he's, he's talking in farmer language. Hey, just wait. Wait upon the Lord because that, is, that, will, come, that will come to pass. Whether it happens in the next moment, in the next hour, the days, the years, like we said before, suffering is, a remo- is just for a moment. The day will arrive, faster, will arrive and faster that we can comprehend it. How many of us remember opening Christmas gifts two seconds ago? And now we're in the middle of a dead heat wave. And I'm like, wow, Lord, six months have flown by. Before we even know it. And, we, and that is our hope, that we will no longer deal with our earthly dilemmas because Jesus has promised to return and all of our pain and all of our suffering and all of the enduring will fade away. I don't know about you guys, but that's exciting for me. That's exciting for me. Hebrews 10.37 says this, For in just a, little, in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. So the one that you're waiting for to set you free will return again. He has set you free when he came the first time, and when he comes to set you free, it will be for eternity. God is so gracious, and he just thinks about every single thing every single little detail in our lives. Because God knows that we as humans, nothing is new under the sun. So James, in the, ver- in the very next verse, in verse 10, says this. It says, For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Have we, have we all heard about Job in the Old Testament? Job was a faithful servant of the Lord, and he was robbed of everything. Everything. His kids, his fortune, he was very wealthy, and everything was taken away from him. But Job, Job chose, chose in that instant to love the Lord and to wait patiently because he knew that the Lord was good. Can you imagine? Can you imagine enduring someone taking away your children, somebody taking away everything that you love, and still you're standing firm in knowing that God is good 
and he is merciful and he, is, and he inclines his ear to us, can you imagine what that would feel like? He held on to the promise, only the promise knowing that God was good and that he was merciful. That was the promise that Job held on to. And then this, took, this brought me to Hebrews 11 where, where it, it talks about the faith hall of fame. And then I'm just going to pick, I'm just pulling out two people who I thought about were like, wow, Lord, this is interesting. So we have in verse 7 of Hebrews 11, it says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. He warned him, who warned him about the things that had never happened before. So wait a minute. Noah was told to build an ark, something that nobody had ever seen before. Nothing. No, can you imagine? There are things on this earth that always amaze me when humans discover that it's there. I remember this one time I was watching some National Geographic thing, and they found a frog that it was completely translucent. You can see right through it. In the middle, somewhere down in the abyss of the ocean, I don't know where it was. And everybody was so like, wow. And you know, and the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, God, they didn't know, but you knew. You knew it was there. You knew. You were just waiting for us to discover it because you had created it already. And so he goes on to say, but his faith, by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So in the middle of Noah building his ark, something that nobody had ever seen before, that God told him. Can you imagine the ridicule that he went through while he was building an ark? Can you imagine how he was going back and forth getting wood and getting these measurements and measuring these things and putting something together that nobody had ever seen before in the middle of his town and everybody was looking at him like, are you crazy? Noah's crazy. He's building something. He doesn't even know what he's building. He's talking about somebody told him to build it. He doesn't even know what he's doing. But yet, but yet Noah held on to the hope that was in, in, in Jesus. He held on to the hope that knowing that if he was patient enough, that God's word would come, come to pass. And guess what? It did. And then we have Abraham. We all know about Abraham. Verse 8 says this, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Here we go again. Something that we have no idea where we're doing, right? And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. So Abraham was plucked out of his place, told to go somewhere that he had no idea where he was going. Then when he got to that place, he was uncomfortable by living in tents. Not even a house, not even a home. He went there and he lived in tents. And he did so because he knew that the word of God would come to pass. But what's interesting to me is that the same promise was given to Isaac and Jacob, 
and they also were waited upon the Lord. So when I was looking, when I was reading about this, I said, man, I said, Lord, there's two different type of people here, right? We have Noah who was given this word and he was patient to wait on your word and it manifested. But then what happens to those of us who like Abraham are given a word and we don't see it manifested? Where generations after us will see it manifested. How important it is to have the seed that is sown that we may not see, that we may not even understand it, but we understand our hope in Jesus and we pass that on to our kids and we pass that on to generations after us. And the generations after us, so the generations after us can know who God is and be built up. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing to be patient in the Lord because we know that his word is yes and amen? We know that his word will come to pass. We know that it doesn't come back void. We know all these things. And even in the middle of our difficulty, even in the middle of our suffering, even in the middle of this heat wave, we know that the fall is coming in September. The fall is coming. I don't know about you guys, but that's my hope. (laughs) And these men of faith, this is exactly what uh, what James is saying. Hey, Wait upon the Lord. Be patient. Be patient. Know that the Lord's return is at hand. Know that, it's, that he's coming. Know that all of this will pass away. All of this will pass away. And then we have, and then I, and then I started thinking, I said, man, who else was like this? Who else waited upon the Lord because he knew the glory that was to come? And who better else than our Savior, Jesus? He is the most perfect example of patiently waiting. Enduring what he endured to the point of death for the ones he loved. And still he patiently waits for his children to come to him. 2019, July 2019. He still waits for the world to know him. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was to come, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that is what James is calling us to do. The writer of Hebrew reminds us that what patience can look like even when it means to the point of death. And though it may not be a physical death, but we can, but, but like Jesus, we can agree that sometimes patience is like a waiting room that nobody wants to be in. It is the point of what has happened, what has, what has happened and what is to come. That's what patience is. Patience is what has happened and what is to come. It feels like an eternity waiting upon the Lord. It may, be, it may even be life or death, and we do not know what to do or where we're going. But we can hold true to the anchor that is in our, for our soul, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus. We can hold true to that. In our ever-changing world, our fast pace, we now know right now, James is reminding us that although we may not understand or see God in the waiting, Our living hope is found in him. 
no matter what it is we're going through. And this, honestly, this for me was one of those things where I was like, wow, Lord, because I have zero patience because we want to see everything right now. We ever heard this? I needed, I needed that like yesterday. We say it all the time. And it reminds me that I'm like, all right, Lord, without grumbling, without getting upset, knowing that we're going to be, that there's going to be a tomorrow, that there's going to be a day, that there's going to be the next time, that there's going to be everything that's in and out of season, that there's going to be things that we may go through that we may not be able to understand, but I'm patiently waiting in you. I'm patiently waiting in what God has said. I'm patiently waiting, Lord. I'm patiently waiting. And as we stand... We can stand. I know it's hot. <laughs> In those moments where it may feel like we are being rushed. One time I came back from vacation with my family. We went to, I don't even know where we went, some one of those slower paced places like Connecticut or something. La 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 la, right? No problem. The minute we hit Penn Station here in the city, we started jetting for trains. And I turned around and I looked at John and I said, why are we rushing? Why are we rushing? We have stood stable in this time of, of just having all the patience in the world, lollygagging all our, in our, our vacation, and we, the minute we get here, we're rushing. And isn't life like that? if we can remind ourselves to patiently wait in what God has promised to us. We may not see it like the farmers, right? We may not know what it's gonna look like at the end of that road, but we know one thing for sure, that God holds our hand every step of the way. And he is with us every step of the way. We're gonna pray. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.